Hello and welcome. I am Pastor Deborah and you're you. I want to welcome you to another wonderful episode in the series called The School of Light. It is a wonderful spiritual teaching series about many different things. This teaching video is about me, Pastor Deborah, and one of my many stories, personal, that happened to me and through me many, many years ago. I was learning how to help people the Lord's way. If you remember, I had been a licensed clinical mental health counselor, nationally certified as a clinical mental health counselor. Yeah, in the United States of America, I had been doing professional therapy for treatment and diagnosis of mental illness, mental health issues. Yeah, I was under the state's medical quality assurance department. I had to carry a million dollars of liability insurance. Okay, somebody sued me for something I did, unethical. I had wanted to help people all my life. Started when I was a young child, and it carried on. But I went off in a different direction, because I didn't know exactly what my calling was or my purpose. But I discovered it probably back about 1995. I had just lost a job. I had just been coming out of private practice, working with a psychologist. And there was no jobs for me. And I had started going to a church called the Brownsville Assembly of God Church in Pensacola, Florida. I had been going to the Lutheran Church faithfully. I'd been saved since I was three, gone to church on the military basis. Been to every denomination. Yeah. Looking for something, I didn't know what. But in 1995, about six weeks after Father's Day, I got this calling, this drawing, after seeing a newspaper article about something going on in this church called a revival. I didn't know what a revival was, had never been in one. But I saw an article in the paper where people were in the church and they were laying on the floor. And they were talking about the power of God had come down. Didn't know what that was. But with family encouragement and this drawing by something I didn't really know yet, I went. My life was never the same. Changed. It had to be tested and tried and sifted. Probably within two weeks, I was on my way. I had thought that maybe I could be a Christian counselor, a licensed one, in the church and help people with prayer, the word of God. Little did I know I was going to do that, but not the way I thought. That idea fell through, and I was faced with being angry, leaving church, or going after God. So one Friday night... I was told I wasn't going to get that job. It wasn't going to happen. And God asked me, what was I going to do now? Was I going to stomp out of the church, be angry, be mad, 
Or was they going to go through those doors right there in the sanctuary and come after him? It didn't take me but a few seconds. And I said, I'm coming after you. So I went. The story that you're going to hear, number 26, out of the kingdom of agape love, volume one, where I tell you a lot of my personal transformation stories from being a mental health counselor to being a pastor, a spiritual shepherd, spiritual master teacher, spiritual mother, helping people the Lord's way. Didn't know what that meant, but first I had to go after God. Went into the church and my life never changed. My And my life changed. This story is called Let the Fire Fall. It happened, oh, maybe a year or two into my training when the spirit world had been opened up to me through the gift of discerning of spirits. I had already started working with hardcore multi-generational Satanists, witches, occultists, heavy metal music musicians, people who were making pornography, people who were the international Illuminati of the Brotherhood, those that sat around the council of the high court of Satan himself. I knew nothing of this world, but I was learning. In this story, you're going to hear how I partnered with the Lord, how he knew something was going to happen, how shocked I was at what it was. But I did it. So I want you to listen to this story called Let the Fire Fall. And then I want you to think and ponder. This motion video is from Pixabay. I get them free. It's a wonderful ministry. You can donate to the creators. There's a lot of other ones you can purchase. I'm on a limited budget, so I get the free ones. And they work for me. And I think they're working for you out there. Mm-hmm. And I used to use a green screen, but I don't anymore. So I may look fuzzy. Things may happen like my hand could point and it just disappear into the background. Used to have an easel behind me. And you'd see into my living room. But none of that seemed to work. It was very cumbersome, took time. I like to just sit down, put a chair, have my video picked, hook up my microphone, hook up my camera, and go. Of course, I had to get dressed and put on some lipstick and sit down and get my chair adjusted. So it does take a little bit of time. But I, I like it without the green screens. They never worked. So please forgive me if I'm fuzzy. Just close your eyes and listen. In this story, number 26, called Let the Fire Fall, you're going to hear something that shocked me. And things happened when once I stepped into my training that I couldn't talk to anybody about. It was almost unbelievable. But I had seen enough movies to believe it could be true. And in this one, it was shocking. But yet I had to follow through 
be a partner, and do ministry. So let's open up first with prayer so that we can get to let the fire fall. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for all those who have come here today in the spirit, in the Garden of Eden, to hear and listen to another one of my personal stories that you orchestrated for me, partnered with me, and helped me to be in the ministry with you, helping people the Lord's way by going after Satan. Yeah, thank you. Father, we thank you for all that you tried to do to help all of us. Even if we don't know it, we don't understand it. Put us in connection with spiritual mothers and fathers and spiritual master teachers that can help us. Teach us, Father. Help us to grow up and mature and become all that you desire for us to be, to fulfill Isaiah 61 and 62, your words spoken, which are the only words fulfilled here on planet earth help us to give us a hebrews 412 a spiritual circumcision of the spirit out of the souls and the soul's lust of the flesh and the lust of its eyes and the pride of life help us every way you can and be with us during our education our training so we can become partners with you in your work in helping people the Lord's way. In the name of Christ Jesus, amen. All right, let's begin this story. Let the fire fall from heaven. This story is so powerful, wonderful, and right out of the Old Testament of the Bible. On the way to this revival at Brownsville Assembly of God in Pensacola, Florida, One night, maybe back in 1996, maybe, maybe 97. That was a long time ago. I had started moving in the gifts of discerning of spirits, where it, the spirit world that's around us is opened up to our eyes. We know it's there. We see it. We can hear it, peer into it. We sort of step into it even though we're still in the natural world. So we're in two realms at one time. And I also began to able to hear the voice of the Lord very clearly. It was coming through the Holy Spirit, but sometimes it would come when an angel would speak to me or God himself. Mm -hmm. So while I was driving to church that night, The Lord said to me, when you get to church, I want you to walk around the sanctuary in a complete circle, seven times, praying in tongues. I had started and I had learned how to pray in tongues. Didn't really learn it. I was one service, a person, a teacher was teaching on it and I started speaking it. It would be as if pressure was building up like you maybe were going to throw up or cough. And the pressure came right out of my mouth. Didn't know what it was at the time. Did a lot of studying. I learned it was God talking to me. It was the Holy Spirit. A lot of people think it's them 
talking to God. But when people would ask for the interpretation, it was always, thus says the Lord. So what happens is, I had to realize, when I speak in tongues, it's God speaking to me in this language of heaven from the Holy Spirit. I would sit quietly and listen and then go, okay, God, I don't know the interpretation. You're going to have to give it to me. So he would. There are a few times when I will speak in tongues back to him. It's a language that maybe uh, only him and I know. Strange, Satan cannot understand it. It's a heavenly language. So I asked God, while I'm driving the car, if I could ask a friend, I was thinking of a man who was on this deliverance team with me. Yeah, so that he, I didn't, thought this was kind of strange and didn't want to feel too awkward doing it by myself. So I asked if this, I could ask a friend to come with me. And did he mean inside the sanctuary or outside? Always have a lot of questions. Always expect God to talk to you driving your car, in the shower, brushing your teeth, walking, sitting, in your dreams, cooking, watching television, being out in the fields, doing your job, playing. He'll talk to you. He wants to talk to you. He wants to guide you and lead you. He knows what's going to happen. He knows what he wants to do. But unless you are ready to hear him and believe that he talks, and you don't have to go to a church building, you don't have to go anywhere, bow down, he'll speak to you. Also on the way to church, while I'm driving the car, he continued to tell me what he wanted me to do. He said, listen for a song about letting the fire fall from heaven. When I hear it, I was to go out of the sanctuary and pray to him the prayer that Elijah, the Lord's prophet of the Old Testament, prayed to him against the prophets of Baal to bring fire down from heaven. So, because I knew that story, I knew what to expect. I knew what the fire was to do and why It was happening. It was a battle. One God against other gods. One prophet against other prophets. And fire from heaven was going to be the deciding factor on who was God. And who did Elijah serve? Here's the story. 1 Kings 18 36 through 39, out of the authorized King James Bible. Verse 36, And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice, where I was going to church, that Elijah the prophet came near unto the prophets of Baal and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac and of Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel. There was a battle. Who was God of Israel? Baal, who was Satan, 
or this Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And that I am your servant, and that I have done all these things at your word. This was coming to pass this night. I was going to be just like Elisha. A battle was going to on. Spiritual lords against spiritual demonic spirits. God against Satan. I knew this story. I'd seen it played out in movies. Verse 37. Hear me, O Lord. Hear that this people may know that you are the Lord God and that you have turned their hearts and mind back to you. A battle was going to happen. God was going to show up in some form to Elijah and in this story. And it was going to prove to the people who was Lord. So their hearts and minds would turn back to him. Remember, I knew none of this. This definitely wasn't mental health counseling. This was something else. Verse 38. Then the fire, that's what this sort of represents. Of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt offerings, the burnt sacrifice, and the wood, and the stones, and the dust, and licked up the water that was in the trench. The story goes that the prophet Sabal had been challenged by Elijah. They built the altar. They danced and prayed and did everything. No fire came. Elijah said, okay, let me give it a try. I'll show you. He poured water all over it. Prayed that prayer. And down came the fire. Verse 39. When all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and said, The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. When the fire fell from heaven onto the sacrifice, all the people saw it and said, The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Elijah prayed this prayer during a contest between the prophets of Baal and himself to prove whose God was God and whose God had as his prophet. I had entered into battle with the Lord against Satan in church. The Lord God told me as I was driving to church that night in Pensacola, Florida to the Brownsville Revival that by circling the church's sanctuary seven times, I was spiritually building, digging a spiritual altar. I was to pray in tongues out loud as I walked around the inside of the church in a circle. This was going to be for the Lord's God's consuming fire to come down from heaven. Remember, I had read the Bible. I knew this story. God continued to tell me while I was still driving the car 
that that night a demonic principality from the southeast part of the United States of America was going to spiritually come through the visiting pastor who was a president of a Christian university in the eastern United States of America, somewhere in South Florida. He was the open door for this demonic king to come. People don't understand if you how the demonic and the spiritual realm works. Everything's divided up into territories ruled by kings with soldiers. If you study ancient histories of this, you will learn about how the demonic world works by studying history. This president of this Bible college, this Christian university, it was of the same denomination of this church, Assembly of God, where this revival was happening. If you want to know what the revival looked like on the inside, go to YouTube, type in the Brownsville Revival, and you'll find it. Pan Evangelist Steve here with the Pastor John Kilpatrick. There's a lot of worship tapes, preaching. You'll see the audience. You'll see the atmosphere that I grew up in for many, many years and where this was happening. You'll see the podium, the platform where this occurred. Still there. Not the pastor, not the evangelist, not Pastor Deborah. This spiritual demonic principality was going to spiritually come into and through the pastor who was the guest speaker that night to spiritually survey his spiritual territory under his rulership for he had been spiritually preparing this church's spiritual atmosphere through the church members, through the revival students, through music and prayer and rebellion against the pastor. The enemy will always come where the presence of the Lord is to stop it, get it to move on, to pervert it, twist it, bring confusion. He will not let it stand. Even if you get saved, you believe in it, you go to a church. He will not let it, the pureness of the word of God, the presence, go unnoticed and unretaliated. He will fight back. So the church's spiritual atmosphere had been changing. I had seen it in songs, in actions, in the people. It wasn't pure anymore. It had to get to a certain atmosphere in order for this spiritual demonic prince, this king, to be able to show up. But it also had to have moved the Steve Hill, the evangelist, he had left. And now you are having many visiting pastors to preach, to give altar calls. Remember, Satan will watch you through people. But he only resides in certain people of certain status symbols if you study history you study kings you study warlords and you study their armies and their militias you study how they control people and things and war study 
and you will learn about the revive the spirit realm through that. Pride had come in through the students, the pastors, the visitors. Evil had opened its door. Sin was around. I knew this. I would go some nights on Thursdays and just observe and watch and listen. And God would open up and show me what was happening. So I was well well aware of that this demonic spirit had a legal right to come through and stand on the podium. Lawlessness had been happening, unrighteousness. And one story that dealt with that was the story of one of the teachers at the revival school. He was a doctor of divinity. He had been a teacher and other things, but he had some issues. But he came that he knew that some of the evangelists and the uh, pastor of the church. So he was invited. Can't remember his name. It's Dr. Somebody. And uh, he was invited to come and be a teacher at the revival school called the Brownsville Revival School of Ministry. It's a two-year school to help you become a quick uh, missionary and get on the mission field around the world. Dr. Martin uh, gave his testimony. It was kind of sad. He had some issues, but he said he recovered himself and God seemed to put him into the revival school to teach. Well, little did I know about this Dr. Martin. He used to go around and his wife would be with him. And he would travel around the sanctuary to pray with people with a bell. One time I looked at him. He looked at me. And fire came out of his eyes. Knocked me on my butt. And I said to the Lord, thank you, Lord, because I know fire was to come out of the eyes of the Lord. And be powerful. And God said, it wasn't me. Go no. So I knew something about this Dr. Martin. After that, he God did a powerful thing. I was ministering to a young lady named Candy. She never went to the revival. And God said, I want to talk to this doctor, this Bible teacher. So I'm going to bring him through her on the phone. It was her voice, but it was his spirit. God was speaking directly to him. I don't know what he was doing. I don't know if he was sleeping or watching TV or where he was. This was spirit work. God told this young man to stop doing and stop teaching error in the revival school. And God knew he was doing it. And I'm telling him that. And it's Candy's voice. And the young man, this doctor said, this doctor, maybe can't remember his name said he couldn't do that because if he did they would they would kill his family i didn't ask much about that but i knew there were some issues whoever they were serious interesting story ran into him in church after that you should have seen the shock on his eyes he goes that you mm-hmm that was me. I, I, I didn't talk to anybody. I was doing some strange things. I was moving in the world that most people hardly believed in. They believed God was a spirit and he was powerful, but they didn't believe in the other guy. 
So here I was, talking to a teacher, who was now bringing corruption, perversion, untruths to Bible students. He was on the prayer team, respected leader of the revival, go around the sanctuary praying and touching people. And that one night when he just looked at me, the fire came out of his eyes. And God said, that was not him. So this demonic spiritual king of the southeast of the United States of America was a big and powerful demonic prince. He covered territories of the whole southeast. And he came through because he was traveling with and he was a part of this man who was the president of a Bible school. He was going to come through, manifest himself in the spirit realm. He was going to stand on the podium and look around the territory. Maybe he was also looking around the city. But whatever this place was, where God's presence had been poured out, he was coming to look now at his territory that had been prepared for him for many months and had perverted and twisted spiritual atmosphere that was there. Because he can't show up if it's pure God stuff. It's too powerful. So this is what God was telling me on my way to church. So over the years of this revival, I had watched as people didn't want to deal with sin anymore. Called get the sin out. The leadership became greedy for fame and money. And Jesus was no longer lifted up in song, but fire and water. As the witches came to pray, spells bind up people to work went to the revival school themselves. Multi-generational Satanist kids were there. Witches became staff members. People in the occult with multiple personalities came, got on staff, or students. They were on the pastoral leadership teams. And the churches pastoral teams, the ministers, the pastors, the pastor's wives, the youth pastor, the interns. They had been sinning in many ways. I watched night after night as this once and mighty and powerful, pure revival of the Lord's presence plunge into darkness and sin. I knew it was happening. So when I got to church that night, before the service started, I walked alone around the inside of the church's sanctuary, praying in tongues out loud, not yelling, just something like this. Oh, 
Nobody could really hear me. Other people were always praying in tongues. Did I know what I was saying? No. Was it me probably talking? Probably not. But I'm walking around in a circle seven times as I was instructed. When you work with the Lord, you will do strange things. People may not know that you're doing it. You won't tell anybody. You are a stealth king, a warrior. You go behind the enemy lines. You're trusted. You're a special ops, Navy SEAL, Army Ranger. You're highly trained if you're going to do major battle. But you can do it as a small child. But you will have to obey to get the job done. Boy, did I feel strange and out of place. I, you didn't really see me doing this. That wasn't my normal way of being in the sanctuary. I normally go there and go to the pew to sit for I was on the deliverance team, the personal ministry team. But I didn't do that this night. I did as I was instructed, asked to do. People were watching me, and I did, I did feel weird. But I did as the Lord asked me all the way, seven times, circling the sanctuary, speaking in tongues, out loud, not yelling, just maybe talking in my normal voice. Well, nothing happened for most of the service, but I was listening. I was watching, waiting for the song about the fire to fall from heaven. There was an actual song called Let the Fire Fall that the praise and worship team sing. It was sort of come down. Uh, you might be able to get it if you type it in on YouTube. It was a standard song uh, about the fire of God falling from heaven, probably right after the story of Elijah. So it was sort of a standard song. Sometimes it came before the service. Sometimes during praise and worship time. Sometimes during prayer time. But God told me to wait. And watch. And listen. So the visiting pastor. Got up. To preach. Teach. Give an altar call. As part of this revival service. That night. Then right at the beginning of prayer time, after he had finished maybe 45 minutes of preaching, they call it. And as the preacher stood there on the platform, the song started, Let the Fire Fall from Heaven. I knew what to do. The demonic prince came through this president, he stood in the spirit on the platform. He was big, I don't know, 20 feet. It was ugly. He sort of had the shape of a human, but more of a reptile, icky, horrible something. I learned how to face them and look at them by watching a lot of science fiction, Lord of the Rings, The End of Days. Mm-hmm. A lot of things. I had to prepare myself not to be frightened. 
to accept, to expect some of the weirdest stuff to show up before my eyes. But he showed up, he manifested in the spirit as a glorious satanic king in his full garments of a king, including a golden crown. He was visiting. He was on a trip. Everything had been prepared. And if you study history or even when a dignitary or politician travels, there's much done ahead to prepare and get everything ready for this political leader to show up. The song was playing. Let the fire fall from heaven. As the song was being sung, I left the sanctuary and prayed the prayer of Elijah. And guess what happened? Spiritually down came the fire of God, like in the Bible, from the Most High, from heaven, right unto the demonic principality. And then the fire spiritually spread over the entire sanctuary. Remember, I had built a ditch by walking around it seven times. And it spiritually cleansed it all of Satan's sacrifices and power, just like the story with Elijah. Can you imagine what that looked like? The word is alive even today, and God is still doing his powerful spiritual work, just as he did in the days of Elijah. There's a great song about that, too. A lot of people love to sing it. But he can only do those in partnership with a human. A spirit being, man, inside a dirt body. He is seeking to partner with us. To help us. Give us knowledge. Information. If you go back and study the Old Testament. He was the ancient Israel's king. Warrior. Battler, politician, Lord, God, when they came out of Egypt. They couldn't see him. And he would talk through a prophet. He would go ahead of them in the battle. He would devise plans. He healed them, fed them. And he wanted to continue to be that. But the Israelites wanted to have an earthly king that they could see, like all the other nations. And Samuel, the prophet, told him, you don't want that because I'm going to tell you what kind of king you're going to get and he proceeded to tell them because God said you go tell them if they don't want me and they reject me what's going to happen that they wanted an earthly king and most of us do so God said okay they've rejected me I won't be their lord their god their king their battle their warrior I won't fight for them I won't go before them I won't do battle for them. They're on their own with an earthly king who's going to cause them a lot of trouble. And he set down some rules for them, but none of them followed. They're only to have one wife. Well, that didn't happen. So when you see that with harems and concubines and lots of wives, that's not godly. That's right. So I learned that when the fire came down, 
I was as if I was Elijah in partnership with God himself. God still desires to do his work, his way on earth through a human. He'll use nature. He'll use animals. He'll use what he can. But he has restricted himself because he has given the rulership to humanity. We are to rule it, not him. He wants to partner with us. He'll give us the ideas. He'll give us the power, like on this night. But it's biblical patterns which you have to study. I was coming against a spiritual enemy of the kingdom of heaven, against one who was against me here on the planet Earth in the United States. I learned they want territory, atmosphere. They have servants. But a battle will occur. For who is Lord? God's a God of timing. He's a God of planning. He's a general. He knows the enemy. He knows the enemy's plans. He knows how he works. I didn't. So I partnered with God. I became one with him. And we were intimate. I could hear him. He could trust me. Even if I had questions for him. Didn't like it. I would obey. We were at work on planet earth. To help people the Lord's way. It was wonderful. It was beautiful. It was exciting. Almost unbelievable. Some of these creatures I had to look at. Were the most hideous creatures you could imagine. But I had to understand so much. In history and archaeology. Movies about ancient civilizations helped me to understand because I was a king doing battle for a kingdom against another king I had to study kings that's right empires expansion territory war I still watch it I still watch a lot of historical dramas. I have to understand the human nature. I have to look at it that it's a reflection of demonic nature or godly nature. I have to study hard. For many, many months, I would just sit on my pew where the deliverance team sat, watch people to see if their activities was demonic, flesh, Or spiritual with God. I had to study. I had to listen to people. Look in their eyes. Work. Read books. Watch movies. True stories. Study. I was growing up fast. I knew you were depending on me. To grow up. So I could help you. And I grew up fast. It was wonderful to see the fire fall from heaven. It was beautiful. I learned that even a pastor or a president of a Christian university, maybe an imam, maybe a monk, a teacher, principal, pastor, president, prime minister, 
policeman, fireman, general. Could be as this president of the university and be an open door. I learned that any one of us can have open doors to Satan's high principalities and rulership. And to this day, I do not read anything that this pastor, this president writes. Don't listen to him. I know he has open doors. Maybe one day he'll come to me and ask for freedom. But as that other doctor from the revival school said, if he changes his ways, he'll probably die. Because Satan doesn't give up willingly. He will kill the physical body, torture it if it will not obey, or if it becomes a traitor to him. That's what that revival school person was telling me. If he stopped teaching error, his family would be killed. Well, we, we, we in deep stuff now. Life and death. We're dealing with gangs, sort of. Mafia. We're dealing with some stuff that mental health counselors never learned about. Neither your average pastors. Or teachers. So I don't read any. I never read any of this man's books. Never watched him. I knew who he was. Don't know if he's still alive or not. He went on and after that. Became the president of a major. International. University. He got promoted. Mm -hmm. And along with him went the demonic king. That's right. They were two that were one. So I always have to look for open doors that Satan has in people. Sometimes I don't know. I have to ask God. Sometimes I see them myself. A prayer team person reaching out to touch me here. And all it is is a demonic claw. Or I'm able to see into the spirit the demons. That are in them. I saw a wonderful movie. I think it was a Chinese historical martial arts movie. Where a man was all tattooed up. We always hear about tattoos. They make images. And it showed that each tattoo could come out of his body. Was a spirit. Demonic spirit. Come out and attack. And go back into him. And tattoos became a different topic. They look different now to me than just being black ink on skin. They were alive, living things, living spiritually inside of the human. I think he was, he had all kind of animals and creatures. Yeah, learned a lot. Of what, because a lot of times you see them and you don't realize how serious it is. We were told not to mark our body up in any way. And we don't think about it, we don't know what it means. But when I saw that movie, I saw the spiritual connotation, the spiritual understanding of what comes into you spiritually. 
by having tattoos. Very interesting. Wasn't taught in mental health counseling. None of this was. I was in new territory. But I believed God. I knew he had read his word. This was nothing new for him. He's trying to help us. And free us down here. But he needs a partner. I became his partner. Intimate with him. That's another story. You have to become one with him. The two of you. One plus one. Equals one. I became that. That was my new math. One. And as Christ Jesus said. I am in him. And he is in me. So he could travel wherever I went. He could take me wherever. I trusted him. He was my king. He was my warrior. He was a general. He did battle with me. Do you know I have 13 angels. That are around me right now. My head one is named Samuel. I don't talk to them. They're there to personally protect me. Spiritually. Even when I'm in the dreams. In the spirit realm. Sometimes if he needs to help a young one. Learn to develop the protective nature and become a fighter. He will use me. I'll get into situations and this person will come. It's usually a male. And God is developing and maturing him to be a protector. Mm -hmm. A lot goes on. God uses you to be a teacher, a role model, a general. To help the young ones to stay steady, to grow, mature, so they can come on the scene, get on the battlefield, here on planet Earth. So here in this story, that was a service not like any other service. Fire fell from heaven on a demonic king. I walked around the sanctuary praying in tongues seven times. I obeyed the voice of the Lord. God did battle. And it represented, it looked like the battle of Elijah and the prophets of Baal. Don't ever discount any of the stories in the Bible. It may look different, but it's the same pattern. Study patterns. Study God. Study the enemy. And you too might be asked one day, To pray a prayer. To let the fire fall from heaven. On a demonic king. In your time. Your church. Your city. Your family. Your business. Your community. Your neighborhood. It's exciting. It's wonderful. But it is war. You have to be a soldier. Trained, listening to your general, one with him, not with the world. You have to believe in this stuff. So let's end here with prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you that you helped to open up this door to me, that the Bible is true, that you partnered with me, that you did battle your way to help people the Lord's way. Thank you, Father, that you showed me that you would willingly invite me into your battles. If I did it your way, if I spoke to no one, if I knew the stories, 
I knew my enemy. You would open the doors. You would show me what is going on in the realm of the spirit. Thank you, Father, for being who you are, for loving us so much, desiring to be a partner with us and help us. I thank you in the name of Christ Jesus and Father, all those who want to be in that partnership with you. Help them along the way. If they're not yours yet, get them saved through the cross, through the blood, through resurrection and reincarnation into a creature that's never existed before. Your child, clean and pure, without any DNA from Satan. Thank you, Father, for letting the fire fall from heaven, for showing me so I could tell the story about you and the day of Elisha. Thank you. Amen. All right. I'll see you on the next story. Got another one coming. So you be prepared and you keep learning and growing. Bye-bye.